Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to Life with GDPR, a podcast where I work in conjunction with Jonathan Armstrong, partner at Quartery Compliance in London, and a well-known data privacy, data protection expert. In this episode, Jonathan Armstrong and I explore the issue around vendors and data breaches. So you certainly know you need to perform due diligence on your vendors, but what happens after a data breach? Does your vendor cooperate with you in that data breach? Does your vendor notify you if they sustain a data breach? And perhaps most interesting, what are you going to do to remediate with that vendor? Are you going to terminate that vendor or make some other change so that it doesn't happen again? I know you will find this podcast fascinating on a topic that goes into the weeds, but it's very relevant. Life with GDPR is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, together with Jonathan Armstrong, back for another episode. Uh, Jonathan, first of all, uh, welcome. And uh, what is on your mind today? Well, thanks very much, Tom, for the welcome. Um, One thing that's on my mind is the role of vendors in data breaches. And there's a couple of things causing uh, these thoughts. Um, Firstly, I had a trip to the U.S., last week. And it's interesting to see that many people haven't thought about this a lot. And secondly, we've been helping a client with a large data breach committed by one of their vendors, which I think influences some of my thinking as well. So the first thing to think about is that obviously, large businesses have changed in the last five or 10 years. And traditionally, a large organization did a lot of what it needed itself. So it managed its own staff holidays. It managed its own employee payroll. It uh, arranged travel. But nowadays, we rely on third parties to do much of that. You know, we usually use uh, HR platforms to manage sicknesses and uh, and uh, vacations, etc. We use third-party vendors to pay our employees, third-party vendors to arrange travel, third-party vendors to to arrange those payments, etc. So as a result, a lot of the data that we hold on both customers and employees is now outside the organization rather than in. And that causes its own security issues as well. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a worse environment because sometimes vendors take more care of data than we used to do ourselves. But it does mean that we have to make effort whenever we're looking at a vendor who's going to process data on our behalf. We have to do due diligence, firstly, because that's common sense, but also because GDPR requires it. And we also have to have a proper legal agreement in place with that vendor. But even if we've taken all those precautions, data breaches are somewhat inevitable. I don't think any organization is now wholly secure. And for a lot of vendors, that's the case as well. So what happens when a vendor has a data breach? Well, first of all, under GDPR, they're obliged to tell you if you are the data controller and they've had a breach that uh, affects your data. And for those GDPR geeks, that's in Article 33, open brackets, two close brackets. And the agreement that you have with the vendor 
might set exactly how that report is to be made. So it might set a time frame and it might say how they're going to make that report. You can use a reporting tool to do that, and that could be voluntary or that could be in the contract. So, for example, you could use uh, Corded Breach Navigator, the tool that we have, to get vendors to report directly into your system so that you can set the time running and triage, and, th and that might be a good idea. Um, now, we've all had all sorts of um, debate, haven't we, in GDPR about when the 72-hour clock runs. But I think the smart money will be that the 72-hour clock will run at the very latest when a vendor tells you about the delay, uh, about the breach. So don't sit on that breach. Don't pass it from person to person. Usually, the 72 hours will start at its latest from this uh, Article 33.2 notice. Um, it could, of course, start earlier if the regulators think that either you or the vendor should have known about the breach earlier. Now, hopefully, your contract with the vendor will require the vendor to offer you assistance. There are provisions in GDPR that will help you with that. And in addition, under GDPR Article 28, there are provisions which allow uh, a data controller to get assistance from a data controller for things like audits and inspections. So if the regulator knocks on your door, you can get assistance from the vendor. And if you want to do an inspection after a data breach to look at the magnitude of it, then you would ordinarily have the right to do so either under your contract or under GDPR Article 28. So, um, so effectively, after a data breach, you're going to need to obviously handle the data breach, obviously look at your reporting obligations, but also look at how you handle that vendor too. And in many cases, it's not as simple as just terminating the agreement with the vendor, because it might be a vendor that has a lot of your data and that you can't do without. We've had clients, for example, where they've fallen out with a vendor who has a lot of data on their employees. And when they've looked at alternative providers, it's taken a year or 18 months for those alternative providers to be ready to handle the data and to bring it onto their systems. Now, those timeframes should be shorter because of cloud and because of things like data portability rights, which apply to individuals but not to corporations. But Jonathan, have many can, I, uh, can I stop you yeah, there? Sure. I just want to make sure I understood that. Are you are you suggesting that a company needs to be prepared to change a third party vendor, uh, whether it's a database vendor or other vendor, in the event of a breach, rather than try to work with the vendor to remediate? Or it, have I misunderstood you? No, that's a, that's a good question, Tom, and thanks for the interruption. I, I'm suggesting that you have to keep all of your options open. So in most cases, your ideal will be that a vendor helps you make good the damage and, and, and puts you whole again, and that you can satisfy your GDPR uh, obligations by remediation or uh, mitigating the breach or both. But I think there will be cases when you lose confidence in your vendor and 
you might want to do a number of things to regain that confidence. So that might be to do an on-site inspection to look at their processes and procedures. It might be that you would want external counsel to help with that. We're helping with one at the moment. That's a good reason from a privilege point of view, but also you might have specialist assistance and the third party might look at those quasi-independent representations with more weight. But I think you always need the option of withdrawing from that vendor. And I think we've seen that in some of the cases where regulators sometimes perhaps get a slightly unrealistic view of the world situation. So um, Expedia would be one example, Tom, where there was a data breach from the US parent, but the UK subsidiary was fine because its agreements with its parent company weren't strong enough and it didn't do anything knowing that the parent company systems weren't good enough. So I think uh, you need to have uh, a, a range of different tools available to you. The easiest will be to get the vendor to help satisfy your GDPR requirements. But at the extreme end of the scale, I think you do look, need to look for a plan B, and that will include rights in the agreement to move data to an alternative provider and to have your existing vendor cooperate with that migration if there is a breach. Remediation prong uh, is certainly uh, one of the things that you have talked about consistently throughout our, our podcast series. Would you say that it is more difficult or more challenging uh, to remediate when a vendor or someone outside your company is involved, or it, is it more that uh, the technical profession, or excuse me, the professionalism of the IT uh, uh, disciplines within both uh, a company and its vendors would uh, provide a level of technical expertise which would allow uh, a more seamless? I think it depends on the vendor. Um, some vendors. Uh, almost take the view that they provide a you-get-what-you-pay-for service, and particularly those vendors who have a relatively low charge under the contract uh, sometimes are not as assiduous as they should be in remedying a breach. And, and this is often the issue in many breaches, that sometimes it's the services we pay the least for that hold the most data and put us at the most risk. And obviously, those vendors sometimes are not inclined too much to help because they might say, well, you as a customer are only worth $10,000 or $20,000 or $30,000 to us. A more responsible vendor and one with resources is likely to do all that it can to prevent data breaches. Uh, firstly, because it wants to keep you happy, Secondly, because it wants to keep its reputation. And thirdly, because the risk of anybody making a report to a regulator, which includes their vendor not cooperating, is, um, is, not, is something that vendors will want to avoid. They don't want to be on the, on the naughty step of regulators across Europe. So it does depend on the vendor. But I think putting a, a solid contract in place is also more likely to get the vendor to cooperate as well. 
So if you have solid audit rights that don't include things like you jumping through hoops with fire prior to exercising those audit rights, then obviously you're more likely to get a vendor trying to clear up the mess it's made because you have more rights to, to check on, on what they've done. Topic of this podcast is getting vendors to help in a data breach. What I really hear you talking about is a continuum of steps that every business needs to take around uh, data protection compliance, if I can use that phrase. And it, it sounds like it starts with fully assessing your vendors from the data mm. uh, protection perspective. If a um, if you co- uh, sign a contract with them to have certain uh, com- data protection compliance rights and obligations written into that contract, exercise those rights through audit. If there is a breach, uh, work with the vendor to remediate and make a decision on whether you will continue to, to use them and work with them going forward or if you believe you need to uh, sever the relationship and move uh, to a different vendor. Would that be a fair assessment? It would indeed, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's, that's a very good assessment. You've got to do that work beforehand and be prepared to act if there is a breach. Practitioners think about a pre-contractual assessment. Uh, they, uh, they may think, well, we'll let the IT, their, our IT guys talk to their IT guys, and they'll figure out whether or not we can use them as a vendor. But um, how do you assess whether uh, a vendor is going to be willing to work with you in the event of a breach? I think that can be quite challenging. And again, it will depend how how well you know the vendor. Um, you can ask to see things like uh, their response plan. That wouldn't be an unreasonable request. You could also look at things like ISO standards or some other uh, certificates, uh, which, which will test readiness. You could also ask questions about when they last rehearsed. In every major vendor, should be rehearsing its uh, data breach response plan, I'd suggest, at least twice a year. You know, they should do that with the same regularity as they do fire drills in their, in their buildings. For many da- uh, vendors, data breaches are a when, not an if, and they should have uh, put those resources in accordingly. So I think it's legitimate to ask to see documents, to see, uh, ask them when they're last rehearsed in the pre-contract stage. If you've got a good information security team, they might be asking those questions in standard questionnaires uh, in advance. So, like we've said before, due diligence is important. It is required. You, you need to make sure that you have an appropriate vendor and that that vendor has skin in the game and that they tell you quickly when things go wrong. Jonathan, in your practice as a data privacy, data protection uh, expert, have you worked on what I would call both sides of the fence on this issue, meaning for companies that are hiring or have hired vendors? And conversely, have you worked for vendors who are responding to either a request for information in the hiring process or a uh, remediation in the event of a breach? Yes, we have. I mean, I think more of our work has been done for organizations that have had vendors cause a breach, but we have helped some vendors manage situations that they've been involved with. And, and, but the key to both sides, really, if you can pull it off, is open communication and cooperative working. The, 
that there is a time to sit down and and blame people for the breach but usually that's not in the first number of hours you really would rather have a spirit of cooperation to help protect the data that's been lost or compromised to investigate and make the appropriate reports whether that be to individuals or whether that be to regulators but it is um it, it's certainly a situation where, unfortunately, you quite often see uh, almost a defensiveness and aggression rather than cooperation. From my experience, that usually works out more harmful uh, for all concerned. There is a need for vendors to be open, but also to listen to concerns that customers have. Jonathan, has there been any commentary from the ICO, either formal or, or informal, specifically directed towards vendors that you could share with us? We've certainly had words in cases like um, in, in cases like uh, Equifax where the ICO has said that a corporation and its management must know where all its data is. And they've also said that they have to, you know, a corporation has to supervise its vendors where they process personal data on its behalf. I'm not sure that we've had a case since GDPR came in where a vendor was directly criticized. My understanding is that that might happen in one case where a notice of intent's already been issued, where we might get some uh, criticism for a, vendor, for, for a vendor involved there. We might get some criticism on behalf of the data controller for, for its failure to supervise that uh, vendor appropriately but that would be uh should we just say informed speculation at this stage i think it's certainly something that regulators are likely to focus on and obviously a large majority of data breaches involve third parties and we have seen some regulatory concerns about the potential of those third party applications to cause harm. Um, an example for it, uh, would be the guidance issued by the Finnish Data Protection Authority last week, for example, about people using Office 365 and explaining the volume of incidents that the Finnish regulator is seeing across its desk because of Office 365 vulnerabilities. So it is an area of concern for regulators, and they would expect businesses to harden their applications and to supervise the vendors appropriately. Jonathan, this has been a fascinating exploration of what I thought was a, a relatively straightforward and, and I don't want to say minor topic, but certainly not as broad as many of those that we previously discussed yet within the context of getting vendors to help in a data breach. It really uh, opens up uh, an exploration and discussion of, of the breadth and scope of data protection in uh, not under G not only under GDPR but a wide variety of other areas. So thanks very much. My pleasure, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed this podcast on the role of vendors in data breaches, which Jonathan Armstrong helped walk us through. I hope you'll join us again in a couple of weeks for our next episode, where we take on Brexit from the data protection and data privacy consideration. I know you will find it fascinating. Life with GDPR is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you'll join us again.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.